We're in the second week of our Lenten message series called Seriously God, Making Sense of Life When It Doesn't Make Sense. It is a series that actually makes complete sense for the time that we're living in. So last week we introduced three principles to keep in mind throughout this series, and really they're principles to keep in mind throughout our lives as we're dealing with God and with life in general. One, it makes sense that God doesn't make sense. Two, when God does not make sense, we can grow in our understanding because God has revealed himself to us through the scriptures and through Jesus Christ. And three, be careful not to confuse God not making sense with life not making sense. And so today, we'll look at when God says no to things that really seem like good things. For those of you who are, who've come back to church for the first time maybe in a long time, you may have stayed away from church because it seemed like no was all God ever said. All you ever heard was that it's not allowed to do this or don't do that. And no, you can't have that because God said so. If it was fun or a good time, then it meant God was against it. And maybe you wouldn't have said it this way, but you came to think of God as the big cosmic cop in the sky who wanted to make sure that you didn't enjoy life. So the first chance you had, you got, away, you got as far away as you could from church, from God. Or maybe for you never coming to church at all because you saw God and church as an obstacle to your freedom. The Christians you knew seemed to be defined by avoiding certain things and certain sins and living a particular way that really just didn't look all that appealing to you. In fact, you could tell that they kind of resent the fact that they had to abide by all these rules and you got to do really whatever you wanted. So you thought, why would I want to put myself through all of that? No doubt about it though, there are some no's in scripture. There are things that we are told are off limits that the world says are okay or maybe even necessary. However, the, the no's generally fall into basically three categories. And we see this played out in our gospel today from the gospel of Luke when Jesus is tested in the desert. Jesus reveals why God tells us no by saying no to the temptations of the devil. He shows us the values of God's heart behind the nose and what God really and truly wants for us. And before Jesus' temptation, he had been baptized in the Jordan River. The Holy Spirit came upon him and then filled him with the Holy Spirit. Jesus goes out into the desert to be tempted. Now, you may not believe in the devil. You know, a personal being that has been on causing evil in the world. Now, personally, I think there's too much evil in the world to not believe that there's someone who intentionally wants to bring pain and suffering. And so to quote this great theological movie, <laughs> The Usual Suspects, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince us that he doesn't exist. And so the devil tempts Jesus. And temptation doesn't always mean you're outside of God's will. I think sometimes when when we're tempted, we think we must be doing something wrong. But often temptation comes to us when we're doing exactly what God wants us to do. Because there is an enemy. 
and someone who opposes God and us. So the first temptation Jesus faces is to meet a legitimate need in a legitimate way. Jesus chose to make himself needy by becoming a human being. He chose to face the same temptations of the flesh that we face. We have needs because we're creatures. We need food, we need shelter, clothing, companionship, and on the list goes. We could name a bunch. So the temptation for us will be to meet those needs in a way that makes our needs the highest priority in our life. And when we do, we ultimately enslave ourselves to those needs. They begin to take over our lives. You've seen people whose needs drives everything about their lives. They cannot say no to something and it enslaved them. They became addicted to alcohol or unhealthy food or prescription drugs. You probably know someone who's become addicted to pornography. So Jesus teaches us to say no to some of our physical needs because when we start to meet them in unhealthy ways, they enslave us. Jesus gives us a further reason God will sometimes say no to our physical needs. We do not live by bread alone. That's the quote Jesus uses from Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. And it says we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Beyond our physical needs, we need to be nourished on God's word and by a relationship with him. God tells us to say no to our physical needs and because we can meet our profound spiritual desire for a relationship with him. When we put our need first, when we put God first, our bodily needs can be met in a healthy way. Putting our physical needs first is really putting our needs in the wrong order. And so then the devil, the devil tempts Jesus into maybe worshiping him. Now, I've always found it interesting that this is one of the three major temptations that Jesus faces, since I've never really found devil worship all that appealing. You probably haven't either. It's probably not on your top 20 list of temptations for you. And so, what if we instead saw this as a temptation about compromise with evil? Notice what the devil says. All power and glory has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Power and authority originally was given to humanity, and we lost it. We handed it over when they ate the forbidden fruit. And so as a result, evil still has some authority in this world. The temptation of sin is to bow down just for a second, just for a moment to its power. Compromise with evil just this once. Then you can go back to normal. Compromise with evil and then you can have that promotion. Look away and you can have exactly what you need, what you value. Compromise your integrity just this once. Just tell this one lie. Then you can go back to telling the truth. Fudge this number. No one will really know about it. Cover this up. Everything will be okay. This is the lie that we buy. We tell ourselves. We reason it out. And the truth is, is that we, when we surrender to evil, it sinks its teeth into us. 
It calls us to bow down to it again and again. We live enslaved to it. The one-time compromise becomes a habitual way of acting. And the deeper they get, the more enslaved they become and are not free to act with integrity and honesty and truth. Jesus shows us a different and what feels like harder way at first. It is much simpler and easier in the long run. He does not allow evil in at all. He makes no compromise at all. At this point in the gospel, though, the devil, the devil takes Jesus on top of the temple and telling Jesus that he could jump off and the angels would catch him. Just as I've never had the temptation to worship the devil, I've never had the temptation to throw myself off of a building, especially a tall one. Matter of fact, I don't even like going up in tall buildings. And so maybe this temptation is about suicide, right? I don't think so. The temptation that is being provided here is to win popularity at the expense of your values. Jesus had come to win humanity back to a relationship with God, the Father. His goal was to get people to follow him so that they would come to know who the Father is. Would he lead people and win hearts or use methods that would make him popular but really didn't change lives? In our nature, we all like to be liked. We may not like to use this word, but we all want to be popular. We all want people to think well of us. If we're not careful, we can become enslaved to that. Rather than being true to who God has created us to be, we perform our way into being liked. Eventually, this enslaves us. I mean, it's exhausting to have to do tricks and perform our way into people's approval. People who are truly free and admired are comfortable in their own skin. They're comfortable with not everyone liking them. And they don't need to go to great lengths to please people. This is who Jesus is. He teaches us to say no to the need for popularity. And he even answered the devil as he said, it also says, you should not put the Lord your God to the test. This is where the test is. So God tells us no, because he wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to live in freedom as his sons and his daughters and not be bound to our desires of the devil or demanding people who really probably don't care about us. So this week, I would like for you to identify which of these three temptations is the most prominent for you? And because these three temptations are the ones that Jesus met with, they're ones that are the most common that we deal with on a daily basis. And so there's probably one that sticks out more to you. Work on that. Pray for the grace to say no to that and yes to the freedom of God. Continue to read through this book that we're reading for, these, uh, for our small group series, Seriously, God. Read chapter one, the seriously no chapter. That's what we're dealing with right now. But to really think about, God teaches us to say no to those things because they'll enslave us. Saying no to sin allows us to live in freedom. Denying temptation allows, enables us to live from a position of strength. God gives us no's so that we can be free to love him and to love others.